0: Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey, everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures podcast, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 37. Now, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, I totally appreciate you being here, and thank you so much. Go to my website for all of the show notes. It's elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my incredible food and product photography. That's what I do for a living. So hire me. I am here to help you elevate and sell your products and generate more revenue. Hit me up and I can explain how. If you have questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing, dating advice, you name it, I've got you. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. Alright, you guys, let's do this. Let's go on a food adventure. How was your weekend? Oh, I can't believe it's. Well, you know, it's funny. I never view Labor Day as being the end of summer. A lot of people do, especially when you have kids, because they go back to school and it feels like summer's over. But technically, summer isn't over until mid September. September is one of my favorite months in New England because it's that like perfect 70 degree day and then like the 50 degree night. We are in an amazing stretch of weather right now. It is so deliciously beautiful. I had a really, I mean, Labor Day weekend, for those who are not from the U.S. or live in the U.S., Labor Day is just a Monday holiday that we get off and um, the majority of everything is closed. And so Labor Day weekend tends to be a big beach weekend, a big barbecue weekend, you know, like a last hurrah of summer kind of weekend. And I had a great weekend. I got to see a lot of friends, got to see some family I love, got to really relax. And of course, sat in an obscene amount of traffic. You know, it could have been the weather. It could have been a myriad of things. But I just had such a beautiful, beautiful few days, made some incredibly delicious food. So And this has nothing to do with this episode, but I just need to share this tidbit. I made the most incredible eggplant dish the other night. So I grew these long Japanese eggplant. Um, They almost kind of curl around. I'll take a picture and post it in um, on Instagram. They're beautiful and they're slender. And apparently they're supposed to be creamier than other eggplants. And they're, they're just, they're spectacular. So I was like, what do I do with them? Well, I found this Szechuan stir fry with eggplant, and the cool thing about it is the eggplant doesn't break down into mush, and it stays crispy on the outside and creamy in the middle. It is so, so, so good. So the recipe I will put randomly at the bottom of the show notes, because again, this has nothing to do with this episode, but I'll put it in the show notes, And I'm going to say to you, follow it to a T because there was a few steps that I was like, really? But yes, yes. And one of those steps being do a roll cut on the eggplant. So you, and this works with this type of eggplant because they're small. They almost are like a big carrot sort of. So if you picture a carrot, for example, and you're going to do a roll cut on a carrot, you cut it on a diagonal one way. Slightly roll it a quarter turn, cut it again. Roll it a slight quarter turn again, cut it again. And you just keep quarter turn rolling it and cutting it on a diagonal. And it gives you this magic. These carrots will now cook and get tender, but they will never break down. And same thing with the eggplant, right? So the eggplant, like I said, is similar to the size of a carrot. All right, the other steps you have to do When you, after you've cut your eggplant, get a big bowl of salted cold water, submerge the eggplant in the cold water, and you're going to have to weigh it down with a plate. Just let it sit there for like 20 minutes, half an hour, rinse it off, dry it on a paper towel or a tea towel or whatever. Then you're going to take it and roll it in, like coat it with cornstarch in a pan. Don't crowd the pan. This is going to take a few steps or a few times saute the eggplant and get it nice and crispy brown in a little oil in a pan all sides put it aside oh my gosh (laughs) you could put this in any sauce and it's delicious but I'm telling you if you need a recipe for Japanese eggplant that's the one and I'm going to link it in the show notes for you but we're not here to talk about Japanese eggplant today no no we're here to go on an adventure a food adventure to Cameroon with an incredible guest, an incredible guest. So my guest today, she is someone who speaks three different languages fluently, at least I know. She is an entrepreneur, a mom, an incredible woman warrior who has been through hell and back, and she's going to talk to us all about it, and she also happens to be... And she also happens to be born, been born and raised in Cameroon. Please welcome to the podcast, La Fortune from Mola Foods. Hi, La Fortune. How are you? I am doing perfect. Thank you. How about yourself? I'm great. It's so nice to have you here. It makes my heart so happy to see your beautiful smiling face. (laughs) I can't thank you enough for doing the podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun chatting about Cameroon. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> I look forward to this too. So. Awesome, awesome. So, I was doing a deep dive on Cameroon because I think it's all of the countries in Africa I find so fascinating. Africa, unfortunately, I'm a child of the '80s, so when I grew up in the, Na- I grew up in Nashua, where your business is. The Nashua school, public school system, really failed me because. <laughs> Our maps were not properly done in the 80s where they made the U.S. look so much bigger than a lot of the other countries out there or continents, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Africa. Africa is massive. I mean, it is a massive continent made up of a lot of individual countries that are very unique and special. Cameroon being one of them. All and right. when I was doing a deep dive on the history of Cameroon, I was floored with the turmoil and change of hands your country has seen in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane, insane. So do you want to talk a little bit about what it was like growing up in Cameroon? And just for our listeners who also their public school system has failed them, it is, correct me if I'm wrong, located on the west central coast of Africa, kind of right below Nigeria.
1: Well, that's that's a good point you bring because that's actually not
0: true. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! Again, (laughs) the public school system and Wikipedia apparently is failing. I know.
1: So Cameroon is—if you look at the map of Africa, right—Cameroon is actually in the middle, like it is in Central Africa, right? It's It's not on the coast. Yes, it is in Central Africa. It's like in the middle of Africa, so although we look it looks like we are close to the coast right but we are actually
0: in the middle of mm-hmm. uh, yes <laughs> but do you have beaches do you have any ocean front in cameroon We do (laughs) okay, so you are on a part, a a tiny part of it does touch the coast
1: of Africa. Yeah, a part of it does touch the coast, but however, we are more into the central part of it than we are in the coastal side of the the Cameroon, right? So, when even when you you go to Cameroon and you say that you have Pan-African countries that are, you have the the central part of Africa, you have the east part of Africa and the west part of Africa. We are not on either, either one of those. We are part of the central portion of Africa. So we are located in the central portion of Africa. Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. And the other crazy, not crazy, I think it's colonization is fucking horrible thing i mean it really is i'm gonna you feel free to swear because i'm gonna swear and the fact that like in the 1800s germany came in and was like "Yeah, we're taking you over and then Mm -hmm. after world war one france and england were like hey we're gonna take half and the other one's gonna take half so they divided your country in half by these two other countries that had no reason right or anything to be there period Well, actually, it wasn't supposed to even be uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, Germany or France to colonize. It was supposed to be England, right? So the English came into Cameroon way before the French and way before the the German. Uh However, when they went back to England, they were supposed to come back with the treaties to sign a treaty between Cameroon and England. They took too long. So they took too long to come in, and so the people who had taken the time to write those treaties have already given the country to Germany and France because they came in and say, well, you know, the, 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 the um, electors in that country were like, well, let's wait for English people to come and then we're going to give them the country and so forth and so forth. They did not show up in time. And so they went ahead and then signed those right to the French and to the German, to, to Germany. Eventually the English were able to get a portion of Cameroon. that's why there is a portion of Cameroon that is English. So they gave
0: them that portion but they came very much too late into the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and then you guys, it was like in the se- late seventies, early eighties established yourself as your own Republic. Correct. And so no one else has any business being there, but the two big languages in Cameroon are French and English. Correct. And 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 also the money in Cameroon is really much directed by the
1: French. You know, oh, the sir, are you on the Euro? We are not on the Euro. The CEFA, we have our own money on the Central Africa portion, but it's made in Europe, which is something that a Cameroonian and African people have been working towards removing themselves from the European Union so that we can have our own money. Because believe it or not, Cameroon has a lot of resources, but those resources are being explored by the French, right? So they're trying to stop that from happening. And although they say we're no longer colonized, we're really much colonized in Africa, still in Cameroon per se. Uh, French still has the biggest influence in Cameroon in in all shape or form, especially in a monetary sense. And in exploitation, most of the rich, riches of Cameroon goes to France, right? Uh, and things like that, the fuels and all. So it's like, we're not making money because all these other foreign countries are coming in and getting all our money, you know? And now you have to take, uh, bring in the Chinese people who also are going in there now and trying to establish themselves as if, you know, China they, every country has to be populated by China, right, so like right. they're they going in conquering territories for themselves, right, and and then mistreating the people who are living in those countries, so like right now, China is basically bringing slavery into these places in Cameroon
0: and stuff like that, yes, with labor, it's very bad. <laughs> oh my God. God, it so it's fun. like we think that this is something in the past, but very much it's a part of today. And we need to bring awareness to that. And what oh, can yeah. someone who's listening right now who wants to do something? Is there anything that we can do here in the States to help the people of Cameroon?
1: I, I, I basically think that the, the leaders of the world needs to come together and tell China to stay in its own territory. And if they're coming the, to Africa territory to say they want to help, Build, come help build, but provide health care to the people that they, 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 people who are working for you. Provide uh, uh, better wages for the people who are working for you. Better condition, work condition for the people who are working for you. Don't go over there thinking that you can just take over people's land, mistreat them, treat them like, like they're sort of animals when you are no better than the rest of them, right? You find those villagers, they want to make a buck so now you want to use them for the kindness in their own country. Mind mm-hmm. you, it's not as if it is your country. This is not China. This is Cameroon. But you're going in there and you are using them and abusing them in that sense. And then they don't even see or show any money for it, right? Wow. The wage is out little to nothing.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Oh God, that breaks my heart. Well, we will link some, maybe some great companies that people can support that might be directly in Cameroon in the show notes and uh, Mm -hmm. anything else, any other information that we can provide for people so we can get this conversation and dialogue going because, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that I didn't realize this was happening in Cameroon. I mean, you hear everything that's going on in Turkey right now and in Greece and then the crap going on here in the U S and Brazil and and, but these are conversations that we need to bring to the table because this is a huge country and a, it, a lot of beautiful people are being affected by this so let's okay, let's definitely. keep this dialogue going you know and let's uplift the people of Cameroon for sure oh definitely they, they have a lot of things going on over there and and also
1: the fact that when they divided Cameroon now one part of Cameroon the English part of Cameroon won independence they want to be a free country right oh, and geez. you have all these other countries who are bringing Guns and all these other things there, saying that you need to fight for your rights, right? Oh, and then geez. you have the English portion of Cameroon who are very much at war right now with the French portion of the Cameroon to say that we want, we want to be independent. We don't, we no longer want to be part of the melting pot of Cameroon. We want to remove ourselves and stand on our own feet. The problem is, it's just a little portion of it. So how can you make yourself just to be an independent country? It just doesn't make any sense.
0: But No, they <laughs> probably don't even realize the infrastructure that needs to be in place. I mean, it's kind of like, what, not the Civil War here in the U.S., but I mean, sort of. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about the good stuff, of Cameroon. Your childhood, you spent a lot of time in Cameroon as a, as a young adult, as a child and a young adult. When did you... And I think the story, you and I have talked about this before, but I think the story of how you came to the U.S. is very unique as well. So do you want to talk a little bit about that in your journey? (laughs) Well, I came to the U.S. very
1: young. Um, My mom had moved. My mom traveled a lot when she was a young child, so she... She moved as a young adult and traveled to the to France first, and stayed there for a while, and then traveled to the United States. She got married and had my two brothers. Um, I was still in Cameroon. I was being raised by my uncle, basically. I was being raised by the whole family because I bounced back between houses for a long time, uh, as if <laughs> <which sometimes laughs> I, <like> I was a foster child. which sometimes. <laughs> um. But eventually my mom was like, no, I want you to come to the United States. But she had moved back from the United States to Cameroon. And at that time started looking like, well, you now need to go live in the United States. You need to continue your education there and so forth. But the contact she had here, she thought, were able to... um, welcome me and that I will be able to start my life here unfortunately Mm -hmm. that did not work out for her I had to find my own contacts like I had to come and look into my own friends groups and be like do you guys know anybody in the United States and one of my friends at the time uh said to me yes I do I have a good friend of mine in Cameroon and and the United States and he lives in Atlanta Georgia so he reached out to the guy and said, do you want to um uh, uh welcome this young woman into your house for a couple of months just time for her to get her stuff situated right? because i was fortunate to come into this country with all my papers because of my mm-hmm. mother my, my brother being americans my mom so all these other things w- w- helped you know give me um uh the style like, that uh, I needed. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah so I, I i didn't i came here completely legal <laughs> From the beginning. Oh, for sure, so, yeah. You know, I, I was already uh, on my way of becoming a citizen when I entered the United States. So I was a resident at the time, I was a green card holder. So I came in and I was living with this guy. Time for me to just like grab my papers and find my way here, understand the landmark and stuff like that. And it was hard. I came in the US, I had $300 in my pocket oh, and that's my God. it. I did not have any other money. I had one suitcase and the suitcase had my clothes because just a few items, because my mom had said, say, oh, you don't need all these clothes. And all these people were like, you don't need to bring all your
0: clothes, which was a mistake. If I have to tell somebody, (laughs) you're like, bring your shit, bring everything you want, you bring that.
1: Everything, like get all your clothes, your shoes, everything you own, bring it back here because it is going to take you a while before you get the money situated to start having clothes, right? It's expensive here too. Yeah, exactly. So I had to, I had, I think I had one pair of pants, one uh, 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 outfit, like a dress. I had one, one, like a skirt and a t-shirt and then a couple of underwears. That's all that was. Oh my gosh. I had this, the smallest suitcase of all time. Here I'm thinking I'm going to get to the U.S. I'm going to find work just like that. I had papers. And so I was so excited to come into this country. And I was young. I was like, I was 22 when I came to the yes. United States. So I walked here, $300 in my pocket. Well, mind you, actually 200 because the first 100, I had to use it
0: as I was traveling <laughs> for food and
1: drinks. Yeah, taxis <laughs> and everything else. So now
0: we're <laughs> down to 200. You speak fluent French, German, and English and you're like i have all my papers so i am a hot commodity someone's hiring me tomorrow like i'm good to go yeah i'm yes. gonna be rolling in
1: dough i uh, know but mind you i didn't know how to speak english okay. i was i did not know how to speak english i took english in Cameroon as a second language I, because I, I grew up on a french portion of Cameroon, so english I didn't really care because I wasn't planning to come to the U.S. I was okay. going to Europe and Germany. So being a president of my German club, I was like, oh, I'm going to Germany. I'm going to Europe. So in the United States was never part of my plan. Right? right. Until my mom said, you have the green card. I said, when did I get the green card?
0: <laughs> She's like, I got it for your 18th birthday. Come on down. You're the next contestant in the United States. Come on. Yeah, yeah, she said, you going to the United States. I'm like, come
1: again? I'm going where? <laughs> I said, I yeah, I'm where going, going, to going to Berlin. What
0: the hell are you talking about?
1: I'm not going to the U.S., mom. So I have $200 in my pocket and I lend it to this guy house that I never met. I never knew. I don't know anything about him or whatever. I had no family in the United States. It's just me. I came to a stranger house. I never met this guy. I, I'm like... Oh my God, what did I do to myself? Yeah. Right. That's um,
0: scary. That's really scary.
1: Yes. But this guy was very nice. So he ended up taking me to this friend of his that happened to be a friend of a friend that I knew in Cameroon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then, you know, so things that are coming together. Oh, yeah. I know so and so. You know so and so. I'm like, yeah, I know. So-and-so. Oh, that's my friend. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> small world, literally small world. Yeah, small world. Yeah. And then then they started showing me, oh, the $200 you brought with you, you're going to need to open a bank account if you want to have your green card. So because I had a green card, but I didn't have the paper yet. So I needed to have uh, some type of address information in order for me to send back to the IRS and say to the government and say, hey, I'm here. Finally, I've made it. This is my address. Send me my information so I can find work. Right. So I needed to get my paperwork to have my my um, social security card and all those things so that I can start looking for work with that, that I couldn't do anything. So he took me to get a driver's license, no, an ID card, not a driver's license an ID. And then he helped me open a bank account. All of this on my $200. So now I'm running out of money. I need clothes. Mind you, I brought
0: a suitcase, right?
1: Yeah. The clothes are not appropriate to wear no. on day to day.
0: No, no. No, of course not. No.
1: So I'm like, oh, mom, all I have left is $200. Actually, $100. What am I going to do? I need to eat and I need to have clothes and stuff like that. So I had no clue what to do. So I, the group, the guy who was helping me say, oh, listen, I have a good friend of mine. She, she's a chef at this restaurant. I need you to go meet her. Maybe she will hire you. It would be a minute, but she may hire you and do something like that. Here I am now. I have no more money left on me. This $100 in a bank account. I can't really pull it out because it needs to be there. And the $100 I had was no longer existent. I'm living yeah. at this guy's house and I need to buy groceries to kind of eat. And I can't just eat out of his house. So because I knew how to braid hair, his sister... Um, told me she said, Oh, I have friends that want the hair braided, braid them, and maybe you'll get some money. So I started braiding hair
0: wow. to make the buck,
1: yes, in order for me to be able to purchase the clothes um that I needed to start working at this pastry place, right? I wow. needed to get the, the, the clothes that the, the uniform that they wanted me to purchase for this thing. And so I braided a couple of hair, I got a couple of hundred dollars. I went to Marshalls. Marshalls has been my first year in the United States to go shopping. Sure. Right? Love Marshalls. I went to Marshalls and I purchased a bunch of clothes and they gave it to me in this big, huge plastic bag. And I'm yep. dragging the plastic bag with you all over the place, uh, catching planes, uh, catching trains and, um, uh, uh, trains and buses oh to gosh. get to where I'm supposed to go. And, um, and the first couple of months here, I walked all over the place because it was not a really accessible places to go. You needed to have a car and the bus will leave you so far away and you have to walk the rest of the way to get the thing. And I was constantly walking to try to find a job, to try to find anything. I even went on to find a second job because the one job I was having wasn't paying me, it was paying me like $8 an hour. Mm. And I was like, okay, I have $8 an hour and I need to go ahead and, um, and find more money. Yes. yes. I, no, I needed to find a place to live because this was a temporary solution. Right. I right. had had my green card now. This is month three. I have my, my green card information now. I need a place to live and I, I, I don't have the money. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so yeah. I needed a second job in order for me to break even to even do that. And so, six months into the United States, my mom lost her job. My two brothers were in the United States, were in Cameroon with her at the time. And they were young. They were 12, 12 and 14. So she called me. But here they are, they're 12 and 14, but they're American. They're living in Cameroon. And my mom is having money problems and she cannot continue to take care of them. So she calls me and says, if I keep them here, they will never be able to go back. All the money I have. I will put it together and buy them a plane ticket and send them back there. That's their home. They need to be able to be taking care of there. So I'm going to put them in the plane and I'm sending them to you. Everybody that I told to, told that to say, don't do it.
0: <laughs> well, look, you're 22, 23 years old. You're yes. literally just trying to feed yourself yeah. and make ends meet. And now mm-hmm. you're going to have to take care of two little boys. Yes. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Yep. She sent them, put them on a airplane, sent them to the United States. I was just in the U.S. for six months. I have not even been able to save a dime. I have not even been able to take a house to live on my own. I was living with a roommate at this time, and it was just a one bedroom, and I was living in there, and my brother came at that time, and I was like, okay, I'm working an $8 job. I'm going to school to be a medical assistant, and so I can make a better living. And now I have you guys, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? You know, I didn't think. I just went to the airport and picked them up. Um, they got there. My roommate looked at me and said, you cannot live here anymore with your brothers. You're gonna to have to find yourself in places. Three of you, you can't be in that room on your own. So I went ahead and i got a, a one bedroom apartment no furniture, just a mattress that I purchased and dropped on the floor. So we all can sleep on it for a minute. And I, yeah. And we started living our life. <laughs> oh I haven't, my God. Yeah, I haven't done anything. But they've been great. I, I, I was blessed to have them. It was a difficult time in my life and stuff, but they were able to, um, survived a whole ordeal and stuff like that and and now they are doing great on their own and living their own life and and, and stuff like that but yeah it it was a it it was a it was an experience
0: (laughs) wow okay so now Cameroon it has a very diverse landscape like you have the mountains the ocean beaches you have the savannah you even have rainforests Mm-hmm. So, which makes it like a very cool place, I imagine, to live in and float around in. Where did you grow up in Cameroon? Douala. Is up that Duala. the central capital? Yes, it's the central okay. of Cameroon. It's the, it's the co- economic portion of
1: Cameroon, right? Mm-hmm. That's where all the commercial things happen, right? Um, and I also grew up on the political area of Cameroon, so where the president house is and stuff like that. My whole my whole life as a child happened in Cameroon, in Douala, and, and Longase, Longase being the village of my, mo- my grandma, my mm-hmm. mom's mother, because during every uh, summertime, she will call on me to go help her in a village to her farm and stuff like that. So that's how I learned all about the craft of learning cooking and all the farming things. So she will say, oh, I need you to come to the farm and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, fine. I love it there. Water everywhere, freedom, um, wow. calm. It's the most quiet place on earth. I just loved it there. The, the, the life in the village, oh my gosh, you. there is no stress there except... Yeah, you have to work, but you wake up in the morning. You hear the the, the chicken chant and do whatever they think they do. Uh. Uh, you see, you, you look around and it's a beautiful forestry and plants and all those type of things. And and then you have uh, uh, rivers and in the back of your house and and so. It's like oh my gosh I don't want to leave and then of course you have to go to the fear and plan things and stuff like that but to me it was great moment discovering nature exploring places and things like that and it, you have no care in the world it was just oh. freedom all of sense of freedom um so I would go there. The only thing that my grandma would want me to do was to walk the field, do the cooking and all that. So I learned a lot of those things. The rest of the time, I would have so much time that I didn't know what to do. I would just like go around the village. And I remember some one time I was walking this path in the nat- nature and they had river. They have a long river and they didn't have a way to cross over. So they took this big tree and they dump it in the middle of the river and that was that was what you have to use to cross the river and going on the other side how many times i thought i am going to
0: die oh yeah i'm falling right us. i'm getting eaten by a, a piranha or something in that river oh yeah yeah a big hippo is coming up will, and grabbing me
1: yeah oh my gosh every time i will be on, the, on that path i'll be like nobody would know that i die here they would never no.
0: find my body they would never find my body no, my body. no. Oh, please <laughs> no nobody's sending a search party for you you're gone you go in that murky <laughs> river you're done done I know. I'm you're gonna, going go downstream please. all right grab your glass of wine we're going to take a quick wine break with our sponsor today now you guys know i love great wine and a part of what i love is discovering brand new wines Which is not always easy to know what to buy because it kind of makes discovering new wines a little bit of a gamble, especially when you're spending good money on it. $20, $30, even $100 on a bottle. This is why I love Wine Access. They make discovering wine and enjoying wines from both iconic estates and upcoming producers so easy. I love that I can discover lesser known wines without any risk and I can trust Wine Access team's selections. Wine Access has the most credentialed wine team in the industry. They taste over 20,000 of the world's best wines every year and only offer those who over deliver on price. And one of the other things that I love is that each bottle has its own story of why that wine is special along with serving and food pairing recommendations. And if any wine fails to impress, they credit that bottle right back to you. Plus, Wine Access loves podcasts, so much so that they have their own Wine Access Unfiltered, where they pour some excellent wines and get into great stories with guests like John Legend, Brent Kirshner, and some of your other favorite sports stars and so many more. Find this wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want you to find your new favorite wine with Wine Access, too. I've got an exclusive offer for just my listeners. $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Just go to my special website, wineaccess.com slash foodadventures to shop for my top picks. Your $20 discount will be applied at checkout. Don't forget to order today. Limited time. Go to wineaccess.com slash adventures All right, pour yourself one more glass of wine and let's get back to the show. So that's a great segue into, because this is a food podcast, are talking about the cuisine of Cameroon. So yes. what are the flavors and the, the veggies and the proteins and tr- tell me more about that. Oh my gosh, it will
1: take days to talk about cuisine of Cameroon because there's so much varieties in Cameroon, right? So mostly we are very spicy people. So we love spicy food, starchy foods and all of that. So you have cuisine, like traditionally, if you go to Cameroon and you start talking to people about food, people are going to talk to you about dole, which is made with bitter leaves, right? Mm-hmm. The leaves that are made make that, dish is made is bitter and so you wash it up and then it gives you a little bit of you know uh unam, unam,
0: unami, or unami umami umami, umami. so is, umami. are the are the are the greens the leaves almost like like mustard greens kind of here in the us where they have like a bitter bite to them when you you cook them down a little bit um
1: no they don't have like a bitter bite to them like that they okay. are wicked bitter. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's why you have to wash them down so that they would then have that little bit of mustard. Umami. bitterness. Yes, okay. right. Okay. Um, so you have that bitter tree, the, uh, 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 leaf that you would then put together with some peanuts and then transform it with peanut and meat and then it becomes a dish. So when you don't have the dole or the bitter leaves, in the United States, you use spinach, which plays oh. the same role as the bitter leaves, right? And then you have things like condre. Condre is basically plantains mixed with uh, palm oil, red palm oil with good meat. And people Ooh. eat that. Yeah. It, 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 it's so many things. You have fufu, uh, you I have, love bongo, fufu. you know, you have mongo, mm-hmm. bongo, bongo chobi, which is. Black sauce with fish mixed together that people you can eat it with rice or you can eat it with plantains. Um, so plantain oh is
0: big, plantain is a big starch, rice is a big starch. Yes, and uh, what's, what's in the black sauce? Fish and spices, yeah. What kind of spices? Oh my gosh, um, a lot
1: of spices. You have homi, which is a plant, but you mm-hmm. they they will burn it and then, you know, take away the powder of it and Ooh. they'll mix it together with uh, white pepper, tomatoes, um, different other herbs, and then it'll, you know, it brings the bongo flavor mm. so that you can go ahead and use that. And then, of course, you have other things like, you have other things like cocky. Um, cocky is on, another one. And cocky is basically a black eyed peas turn into a cake. Ooh, savory. (laughs) I'm serious. You know, is it savory? It's not sweet. Yes, it's not completely sweet. It's savory. I would say it's savory. Yeah, so yeah, you get cocky, you get black eyed peas, Mm -hmm. and you blend it. It gives you a a nice, heavy- uh, Creamy paste. Creamy pink Uh paste. And then you take red palm oil, you mix it up together with salt, right? Mm-hmm. And then you take it and put it on the inside a banana leaves, or you can put it on the, um, aluminium foil. You fold it, put some water on a pan, and put it in there. It's going to turn into a cocky. It's going to tend to kick,
0: kind of like and, a tamale, sort of in yes, kind of like spin- a tamale. Okay, okay, yes. okay, okay. And then you take it and you eat it with plantains or you eat it with yucca.
1: Yucca no. being that, thing, that starchy thing that Spanish mm-hmm. people eat a lot. Yes, and- Wow,
0: what is, kind of hot peppers do you guys use? Cause you said you love hot spicy food. Tell me about the hot peppers. Uh, it is ghost pepper and habanero. I ah, love those! <laughs> and you know, habanero uh, is not people. People are like ghost peppers will blow your socks off. When it comes to habaneros, I love the heat that a habanero brings, and I love the citrusy notes of a habanero. I think they are <laughs> delicious. And it's that like slow, beautiful, punchy burn, not like a jalapeno that like kicks you in the bum and then it just dissipates. A habanero will linger a little longer and it's just so beautiful and floral and citrusy. I think they're great. Yeah.
1: And, and sometimes I feel like when people do sauce, like uh, hot sauce, they mm-hmm. tend to, to not give so much flavor in their hot sauce. They want to they want the hot sauce to be so hot that it burn you right away. I know. I think if people can learn to bring in the flavor and then the heat, it will be actually very good because yeah.
0: I agree. It doesn't burn out your palate for sure. So if I wanted to make an authentic dish, an authentic mm-hmm. Cameroon dish at home, what would I do? <laughs> How would I start? Like what would I make? Well, it depends what dish you want to make. Okay. So if I wanted to make something that would be great for like the late summer, early fall, for dinner, now, mm, we I eat know. everything. We don't really. Do. <laughs> we I don't
1: know. have like a. We don't have like summer me food. And right, like seasons. Winter. We don't
0: have none of that. Yeah. We eat our fruit no. uh, well. Okay, what's a good dinner dish then? That the I most, that I could get the ingredients here in the U.S. for the most traditional dish
1: that you mm-hmm. well. I'm gonna give you two things that you can get that yeah. is traditional enough of Cameroon, and that you can make. Yeah. The first one is the ndole, right? The mm-hmm. To make ndole, you need peanuts, right? You need onions. You need the bitter leaves. If you don't find the bitter leaves, you need spinach. It will mm-hmm. be the same exact dish. Okay. You need, you need meat and shrimp,
0: right? What kind of because meat?
1: You want it. steak? Uh, like beef? Beef. beef. Okay. beef and shrimp because you want to mix both of them some people just want to do shrimp only without anything some people will do a mixture someone like me who don't eat beef I usually do just do it with shrimp right and my kids love it with shrimp so anytime I want to say oh you guys can put beef they're like nope we just want it with shrimp no so, mom
0: we want shrimp we're fancy we just want shrimp. yeah, like
1: you, <laughs> yeah. if you want to make it the, the, the spinach is easier because then you don't have to worry about washing it over and over again and twisting your arm to try to make sure that the bitterness is gone. So mm. you have to get the uh, the chopped spinach, right? Okay. Spinach that is already chopped. Usually what I do is I want it to be so uh, fresh that I actually get the regular spinach and I chop it off myself. I cut it small, very thin, thin thin it's uh, leaves and then you boil your you you're going to go ahead and boil your uh, peanuts right and then you are going to remove the skin of the peanut so the best way is make sure to purchase peanut without skin so that when you boil it you don't have to worry about the skin it then you yes then you want yeah. a little bit of ginger onions and you mix it up together. Other people will have a variation, they will put like tomatoes, but if my traditional way, we didn't have add any tomato in there, we just did it that way. And then okay. you blend everything. And then you put it in a pot and you let it boil for like 10, 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, right? And then when it's thick enough that it's already it's getting to be done, you then add your spinach and you add you add your spinach, you mix it up right when you see the consistency because you want the spinach to be more greener than the peanut so you want okay. both of them to be very consistent and balanced throughout your pot right then you want to add the shrimp you want to add the shrimp and mix it i always say the side of the shrimp just for presentation like to so make sure. the dish look good mm-hmm. i will like put the, this little bit of shrimp on the side and i'll mix the shrimp inside then i cut off my onions again warm up a little bit of oil and put it on top, right? And mm. then add and put my shrimp on it. And now you can eat that with plantains, boiled plantains, or you can eat it with rice, right? Like, you know, um, it's awesome.
0: To I'm totally making that. That sounds delicious. Yeah,
1: it's, oh, it's, it's, it's very good. And then the other one will be the, um, it's not black eyed peas, but it yep. is, is um, uh, pistachio. Oh, it will be a pistachio cake. That sounds uh-huh. delicious. Yum. So you get the pistachio and you remove the cock and you get that, you know, the one that you eat, the just mm-hmm. the pistachio piece. Mm-hmm. So, and you go ahead and blend it. You want to okay. get a pasty, the pasty. um, Okay. Uh, sauce of the yep. pistachio. And you want to mix it with meat. If you like um beef you want to add beef if you don't want meat don't add nothing don't just add meat um if you like beef don't you want to go ahead and add beef and then you want to break an egg one egg you want to add the egg inside you want to put your salt and you mix it up together and then you get aluminum foil or whatever foil that is good for i usually always use i use banana leaf you wrap it in a banana leaf you rub in the banana leaves. There you go. Yeah. So it's the banana leaves. You put it inside the banana leaves, you put a few little bit of water, you add it into your pot, you then boil it, right? I will always say open it from time to time, like give it at least 45 minutes before checking it, and then open it a little bit to see if it's already forming a cake. Mm. If it forms a cake. And then you want to get it out of the banana, get it out after like an hour that is complete oh. and put it in the in oven. You put it in the oven to kind of like give it some kind of um, color, right? Mm-hmm. You'll give it color and then you can slice it as if you were having um, cocktail with- Oh! Um, yeah and people can eat that with um, that's so
0: interesting so that one's called a pistachio cake a Cameroon pistachio cake
1: yes now it is not called pistachio cake it is called called, uh, (laughs) um Oh my gosh. Besides cookie, we call it, it has a name. It has a funky name that I'm completely. You can message,
0: you can send me an yeah, email. Says, the I'll, I'm like going to include, mine. yeah, I'm going to include the recipes in the show notes for our listeners so they can make it along with us. I, I drew a blank right now. but no, you're it, fine.
1: It, it is, it's done with pistachio, but it's okay. not called pistachio cake it has a name i have to give you the name exactly give me the
0: name okay great so now i think we need to start talking a little bit about your company mola mola foods it's amazing and what you guys are doing is amazing and our listeners had a bunch of questions for you so do you want to dive into some listener questions and then we can pepper in more about your company while we're oh sure 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 Okay. Awesome. So Lisa from Boston asks, where does the name of your company MOLA come from?
1: Oh my God. So MOLA, right, is a slang name of Cameron. When I was growing up, we called each other MOLA to refer to us as friends. So see, oh, you'll be like, hi MOLA, how are you doing? and stuff and so when I decided to create Mola food I said to myself I want to go back into my childhood I want the memories of my childhood to really come true into this business of mine into this company one of that being that in Cameroon I, we always sat in a community and you know share food together we share I share food with my friends and you know When they didn't have something to eat, we'll share food. When I didn't have anything to eat, they will share their foods with me. So we became a community of females sharing food among each other. So when I wanted to create more food, I said, oh, my gosh, I want to create something for my friends. So how about I call it friends food? So then I needed to find something that made sense. To be friends, food. I
0: couldn't just call my company friends, food. <laughs> right, right. People would be like, "Where's Joey and Chandler?" Like the the Friends show from back in the day, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. So, and then I needed something that made was that
1: was friends that was called a friend, and that was mola as the slang word. So that's how that's how it came to be. Mola comes from my childhood. From
0: you know that's calling you. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And it just infuses more joy and more of your exuberance and your your beauty that you are in this and the light that you bring into this world. So I think that's awesome. <laughs> um, Dan from Instagram you. asks, you have a lot of products on your website. What is your current favorite and how do you love to use it? <laughs> huh. Ha! She says, That's like choosing a favorite child, Dan. She can't do that.
1: Exactly. Um, but I said this to people all the time. I get asked that question all the time. Yeah, yeah. People ask me, which one is your favorite? Which one is your favorite? And I don't have a favorite, but if I have to choose, I am mm-hmm. going to choose the Cameroonian because I am from Cameroon originally, right? Mm-hmm. So I will choose where I come from. And I will say the reason I will choose Cameroon is because there is a backstory for that particular spice. Mm. When I grew up in Cameroon, I don't know if you're familiar with street food. Sure. Street food in Cameroon is the thing. It's where people live their life. People are always on the street buying street foods, right? And there was this man that made the best lamb mm. with some spices. And I always wanted to know what he used to put in there. And he never wanted to tell me yeah. until one time he made a mistake to do it. And he did tell me. So. That spice, right? Oh my God. Is a recipe from my friend that is no longer alive this day. Uh, May he rest in peace because I used to bother him so much so at at his location to give me the recipe. I would sit there for days. Every day I would be there. What did you put in here? What did you put in here? Oh my God, I love that. And took away two. Two ingredients. Hitting, of hitting course, the ingredients. Of, it, course. of course. But that spice, if you put it on your chicken, you will bite your finger off because oh. you want to keep on eating it, eating it. So you put it on your, your meat and you put it on tomato sauce is and, and on potatoes, slash. Uh, when you mm. cut your potatoes and you want to mm-hmm. fry them and you put a little bit on it, oh my gosh, you're just gonna keep eating it. So that's oh. why if someone asked me, because okay. of my backstory, story, I always say, go with the Cameroonian, that's my favorite.
0: I, was- oh, I love I that. I'm, I can't wait to get my hands on some of it. And so wait, so what is like some of the best street food then in Cameroon that you love? Like, what's your favorite street food dish? You can't tell me that street food is like everything and then not include your favorite street food dish from Cameroon. Come on. Oh my gosh. Now, I don't eat meat like that anymore. Right. But- Back in the day, you,
1: when you were in your 20s. Back in the day, mm-hmm. when I went to the street food people and I sat down, they had the best breast bread chicken, hands down. I don't know who else can make the breast chicken. Like the people in Cameroon, I haven't find them, okay? okay? And they had the best breast pork, right? Ooh. You will eat pork and cut your fingers
0: and lick oh. all your fingers
1: and everything,
0: right? And then- Is it like over finish. plantains? Is it over you? Like what yes. is it? It's, it's, it's
1: done. And they chop up the plantains and oh. then they put it and mix it up together with cut of onions. And then they put the spice on top of it, the Cameroonian spice that I fr- they flavor the whole part of it. Oh my gosh.
0: I'm salivating. It's so when we're talking right awesome, now, it's four yeah. o'clock, and like you and me are both sitting here, like <laughs> sal- like salivating for this. I know. This is I'm insane. Like, I in Cameroon right now. <laughs> ah, me too. It'd be more, way nicer than it is right now in the weather where we are. Oh my God. That's so, awesome.
1: So that's it. That's, that was that. And then the fish. They did the fish okay. with um, baton. Baton is really yoga transformed into. A
0: delicious bland fashion food, right? Oh, but it's okay. good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it good. sounds delicious. I'm. I have yuca here. I'm definitely. It no a... taste
1: whatsoever. But you keep eating no. My
0: Kids are
1: in love with it. The minute I introduced no. it here, they want to eat that all the time. Where is the baton? When are you buying baton? And I'm like, here. Why are you buying baton?
0: My dog. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah. We uh, so, what look what we did we created I, a monster. <laughs> now you gotta go make it for dinner. So sorry. So. Um, <laughs> all right, Shauna from Instagram writes, "What made you want to open a sauce and spice company? Because that's what Mola Foods really is. It's this incredible sauce, marinade, and spice company that has it world flavors. I mean, you don't you you have a little bit of everything going on. Well, that's
1: a good question. I didn't want to." <laughs> I oh my never, gosh. <laughs> I never thought of it. I always wanted to have my own business, right? But I never knew that at some point I would be using my culinary skills to do so, right? <clears throat> never once. Never dreamed of it. Never thought of it. Never planned. Not none, none of it. But one of my childhood friends who is in Australia is who's called me one day and he said, You keep saying you want to do a business. How about you study? hot sauce business he really just was coming to me for hot sauce it was never spices or anything of that nature so he said how about you you know you do hot sauce and i say hot sauce who has time for that i'm not going to yeah. do that no i say and besides have you been in the u.s it's so yeah. much hot sauce the competition is fierce i say i really can't do it and then i thought about it mm. i said you know what i can actually do this i say, but in one condition yeah. <laughs> I will do it if I can do it the way I wanna do it. And he was mm. like, I just gave you the idea, whatever. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I then was complaining all the time that I didn't have enough spices to make food here. I always mm-hmm. was like, oh my gosh, they don't have this and they don't have that. What's wrong with this country? <laughs>
0: yeah, tell me about it. A lot of things, but we're getting better.
1: Yeah, I know. You know? Um, and I would call my best friend, Tiffany, and be like, Tiffany, do you know this do you know that and she's like yes i say do they ha- they don't have it i have to fi- buy all these other ingredients to put it together this is ridiculous she said why are you complain make your own
0: <laughs> i love tiffany i love that we love tiffany go <laughs> tiffany good for you
1: um
0: so i stopped complaining
1: and, that's and, started company, yeah. and i started doing and started doing and that's how the company was born
0: <laughs> wow that's awesome <laughs> And that's so inspirational because so many of us, it's, it's that thing that I watch a lot of shark tank. And so on shark tank, all these people are always pitching these ideas of companies they started. And most of them come out of a necessity for a frustration that they have in their own life. And so me and my husband are always thinking like, what problem can we solve in this world? to make a bazillion dollars. And mm-hmm. you're on your way to doing that with this incredible company. So I think it's amazing. <laughs> hope it. Yeah, right? I love it. So yeah, that's that's really it because when I did that
1: and I said to myself, oh my gosh, I can actually do this and help other people cook food from my country, from other country, instead of just giving them one item from my country, how about I just mix it up? And this is where my grandmother comes to play because she's the one who taught me how to do these things. Mm. She just didn't show me how to measure it.
0: <laughs> oh, grandmothers, just eyeballing stuff, spreading the love in the pot. And you're like, but how, is it a teaspoon? Is it, what is it? And they're like, we have, I, don't I don't know. know it it's, a it's a pinch, a pinch in my hand. hand. hand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Teaspoons. She's like, pinch you your fingers kids. together pinch your yeah. fingers and put a pinch on it i'm like I know. what so yeah um That's so i had terrible. to use my my grandmother's skills to do that even when i reach out to my best friend and i say we needed to do this together for her to help me because she's a chef i say you need to help me create put the spices together and stuff so i see how it's done so i can take it over how much was that quantity and i'm like i don't know she said okay i'm not gonna do this you're gonna have to go <laughs> go back to the drawing board. And every time you put something together, if you want me to help you balance it out, tell yeah. me how many teaspoon it was, how many this was, was it a yeah, teaspoon? The
0: weight. It a, right. well, yeah. Give me all yeah, the grams. grams and right. And I
1: will go ahead and help you. And I was like,
0: dang it. I so, know, <laughs> I know I've been there. I, I do a lot of recipe testing for food bloggers and I got it that it's It's a bear, especially like when you think you're finished and then you're like, oh, I have to do that again. Yes. No. Yes. I know. And it's
1: expensive. It's exhausting. Yeah, I know. Because it's always one thing that is off. It's going to be too much cumin or it's going to be too much coriander. And you're like, that's not what I want. (laughs) That's not what I
0: want. And you don't want to keep adding more stuff in because then it just turns into a mess. And then you're like, now I'm really wasting stuff yeah exactly and nobody's exactly. gonna eat this I know mm-hmm. I know all right Todd in Massachusetts full disclosure this is my husband says <laughs> asked he wanted to ask this he was looking at your website he's like we're buying everything I'm like I know how I love spicy food how spicy are the chili relishes and which one is the spiciest very spicy <laughs> I know so which so you have so- you have what three or four
1: I have four one right now. Yeah. One right now is out of stock, which is the red, the red and the black are the spiciest, right? The green and the sweet reddish, depending on who you ask, they say is medium. Some people say it's still spicy. Right. So but the spiciest, which is the black is lemon forward. So if he love oh, lemon, he will love that. Mm, um, mm. The black is the, the red is not lemon forward, has a little bit of thing. It's just more um, uh, pepper, but with flavor. Um, mm. The sweet relish is really sweet and spicy, so Ooh. you will you will get the spiciness, but you will get the sweetness at the same time to balance it out. Yeah, to that sounds yummy too. Yeah, yeah. And so most of my clients really go to the sweet relish, the sweet and spicy relish, then they go mm-hmm. with any other relishes. Um, and the green is for the green people, the people who love anything green. <laughs> sure, why not?
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I love, I love them all. I can't wait to try them all. Um, Emma in Texas writes, I love trying new foods, especially desserts. I've never been to Cameroon, but would love to try to make a Cameroon dessert. What do you recommend making? Are Are you a sweet person? Do you have a sweet tooth? Yeah, but not necessarily, really. (laughs) No, you're a savory gal. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, What can you make in Cameroon as dessert?
1: I would say that beignet goes both ways. Like we we make a lot of cakes in Cameroon, right? Uh, But it's something that you guys already know. It's basically the French cakes and stuff like that that we create in Cameroon. But something traditional to Cameroon is really beignet is basically flour mixed with water and salt and sugar and then you fry it right yeah. and and then you can add sugar to it if you want to outside you can add when like powdered sugar beignet, on top you can put powdered yeah. sugar on top and you become your dessert or you can just have that and it become your breakfast in the morning with beans or whatever if you want to eat beans in the morning have at it but if you don't want to you can have just the beignet and um Uh, is some starchy soup right in the morning breakfast thing Um, but if you want it as a dessert I suggest you fry it and then you put powdered sugar on top of it and that's Mm. that's
0: I love that and I mean who doesn't like anything that's fried with powdered sugar on it really (laughs) there's not many things that were fried that I don't like I'll be (laughs) honest I I'm a connoisseur of fried things so I think I will be making that as well. (laughs) <laughs> um nika from instagram asks i want to go to cameroon when would be a good time of year to go and what are a few must do things when visiting i will say
1: if she likes the heat and stuff like that she wants to go november
0: december right? oh because are you guys south of the equator
1: yeah she okay go. so
0: that's your hottest time yeah yeah uh-huh. she wants to
1: go november december now if she doesn't mind uh shower <laughs> Mm -hmm. the rain and all that this is a good time for her to go to now right now uh okay July August September uh it rains but it's beautiful as well but she will most likely end up being home more because of the rain than going out and then the places that she want to visit she definitely want to go to Kribi right she definitely want to go to Limbe uh, she definitely want to travel to Marwa, Garwa, all those areas there because that's where you're going to find the animals and things like that. If you want the safari, that's where the safari is. So you 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 go to the safari and discover that limbe and crebe is more the river, the oceans, and all that, the oh, life, cool. the water life, right? Like you just want the beach life, relax, the sh- relaxing, and all those type of things. Then you want to go to those places. Um you want to go to Douala if you you want to hit the clubs and you <laughs> Oh yeah sure. <laughs> go dancing and all those type of things and stuff like that yeah but
0: uh, And um thinking... it, do you feel like Cameroon's very safe these areas you're mentioning because I know there's a little turmoil with certain parts of Cameroon. The, the... I would say
1: right now she should stay away from Limbe but she should go to Kribi. The okay, Kribi is more safer. Limba is where the uh, the, the British uh portion yeah. of it right now that's where they're doing all this. Little I turmoil. Want, yeah, yeah. I, I want to go ahead and keep this and stuff like so. It is there, but if you are Douala, Kribi, Yaounde, all those areas are no quiet, there is, there is no
0: problem there at this point. And a lot of those areas they speak obviously French, but then also some English. Yes, okay, then we
1: bilingual in Cameroon, so you always find somebody that speaks English and French there. Perfect, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, my French, no, no I can't even say. I don't even, wait, I took three years of French in high schools. Uh, non, je sais pas, I don't know, I don't know. Non, je ne sais pas, yeah. Je ne sais pas, sweet. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. My French teachers, thank you, Mrs. Whatever your name was, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Kathy from Maine asks, I have a huge spice collection at home. How do you come up with your spice blends and do you have any new ones coming out?
1: Beaucoup de research. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You don't have to put French in the middle of it, right?
1: It's a lot of research. It's a yeah. lot of research. Because what happened with my spices is that I am replicating the flavor profile of each individual country, okay? Um, I am bringing the flavor, the taste, and all of that into this one bottle. And reason why I call it culture in a bottle, because... If you go to a country, you're going to find them cooking different dish. But one thing you're going to realize is that there is a commonality on taste. It is always that taste is going to be there. There is that flavor, that smell, will always going to be there. So what I do is I try to bring that whole flavor in one bottle and say, wow. now you can cook all this dish that you will cook with that with just this. Now, if I go in a country and I find out that, like in Sri Lanka, that there are some dish that they will make and that it doesn't necessarily get all those ingredients in there because it's more geared towards the vegetarian community. Mm-hmm. Then I tend to create two different spice blend. Like I did that with the Sri Lanka, which eventually I had to pull one of them out because it's too expensive to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get that aspect. So it's a lot of research. It's it takes me years to come up with a spice. It just doesn't take me a couple. Like I I sit for years and years researching perfecting, making sure that actually this is something that I want to go ahead and and, and pull out. It's, I just released the Burkina Faso and the Middle Eastern. So I don't have any other new spice because I just released, I released Senegal, Senegal and Kenya, uh, Few months ago and I just released um, last Friday Burkina Faso and Middle Eastern and even the Middle Eastern spices I had to dive into 18 different countries to try to find a common common community yeah, <laughs> common yeah no because they're all uh, slightly
0: different absolutely yes, yeah that's
1: that's a tall order what I'm gonna be able to say that oh yeah this one is Middle Eastern They each individual use this spice on each individual food. So I realized that Middle Eastern people have five spice. They call it the five spice blend or whatever, but they use different other spices. So then I said, I don't want to just be stuck on five spice. I always like something that is an all purpose. Use it for all of it. right? Mm -hmm. So then I put all the spices of Middle Eastern in that bottle and I say, okay, here you go. But then you have to come up with the flavor. Then you have to come up with the taste. It has to make sense why all this is in this bottle uh, in order for you to even release it. And if it doesn't taste good, it goes back in a, you know, uh, I I go back in a drawing board and I start over again until I get it right. So it takes forever.
0: Wow. That's really interesting because it's something... We take for granted when we see we walk down a spice aisle and we look at those spice blends, or we go into your beautiful shop and we see your spice blends. Where it's, you know, that you think, oh, somebody's just kind of looking. They're like, oh, we're just going to throw stuff in a bowl. This is going to taste good, and it's similar to the flavor profiles of Kenya. You're like, no, 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 no. I've taken years, months, Not take yes, time to tons come up of with research that. to so. I am not going to take this for granted any longer, my spice (laughs) queen. I appreciate that. All right. So let's talk about what you're making in your kitchen right now. What are you currently cooking? What, like, what? So, what we're recording, it's middle of August. When this comes out, it'll be middle of September. So, right now, it's really warm where you and I are. And it's like we're in, we're in summertime, summertime time. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are you currently making?
1: What I'm cooking right here at home. my house my house yeah oh um well it depends Uh, yesterday i did black sauce and fish so i did Mm. bobo and fish and rice right
0: Mm. uh (laughs) yum (laughs) i didn't get the invite that's okay i understand i understand and i also made poulet deje which is uh uh chicken
1: mixed with plantains and vegetables Mm. right? So it depends. My kids sometimes want me to cook traditional Cameroonian food. And sometimes it's just regular, all American food.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. No offense.
1: I got it. Yeah. so Mac and cheese and some mac and cheese and some burgers and I'm like, the only difference with my burger is that I use a Ethiopian blend or Moroccan blend on it. So give it some pizzazz.
0: Some flavor,
1: heck yeah. (laughs) Exactly, you know, and that's the only thing. But yeah, uh, my kitchen, you'll find Cameroonian dishes, uh, Burkina babe dishes, Ethiopian, Moroccan, you name it, depending on the mood in this house. We're gonna I love that.
0: Oh my God, I can't wait to come over. All right, so promote yourself. How can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? how can people find me i will say yes. they
1: should find me online mm-hmm. www.molafoods.com they can come to my shop at 9 simon street in nashua new hampshire mm-hmm. and we are on facebook culture in a bottle we are on instagram culture in a bottle <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i do have my own page i call myself mrs mola foods so if you want to connects with me personally, just look for Mrs. Mola Foods and you'll find me.
0: (laughs) I love it. All right, last question. The question I ask everyone, if COVID wasn't a thing, which it kind of isn't anymore and you had all the money in the world, where are you going and what are you eating? Fiji. (laughs) I'm coming, I wanna go to Fiji. Oh my God. You're the first person I've ever asked this question and they didn't hesitate. I feel like my shit is going to Fiji. I'm
1: even I am love eating. it. I am packing my suitcase and awesome. I'm finding myself in Fiji and I don't care what Fiji feeds me. I just want to go to Fiji. Okay. Just let love me that. go to
0: Fiji. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. I adore you. I can't wait to hang out and cook some food with you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. La Fortune, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with us about Cameroon. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and I can't wait to eat all of your spice blends and chili sauces and everything else in those delicious plantain chips. I will link all of La Fortune's company, Mola Foods information in the show notes go to fullercom if you have questions for the podcast shoot me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and of course tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure you guys thanks so much for listening i adore you make some yummy food this weekend lead with kindness and i'll see you next friday bye